Hey, Jimmy Atkinson here. Andy Higgins and I just went live on YouTube and covered the most important news stories around the Opportunity Zones landscape. It's a brand new monthly show called OZ News Hour. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to OZ News Hour. I'm Andy Higgins here with Jimmy Atkinson. Today is December 4th, 2023, and we are covering the most important stories happening right now in the world of Opportunity Zones. We're talking about Opportunity Zones. We're talking about Opportunity Zones. Love that. Jimmy, how was your weekend? Oh, it was good, Andy. Uh, relaxing. Got all the Christmas decorations up. We got all the lights up on the house. We got the Christmas tree in the other room over there. I can see it right now. Uh, went to church, celebrated the first week of Advent. Uh, all is right with the world around here, Andy. How was your weekend? Yes, yeah, same deal. Uh, I, I love the beginning of Advent. It's our family tradition. We have a lot of pine trees on our property here in Michigan. So I go out, you know, I cut a few uh, pine branches and we make our own. Can you see the whole thing? We make our own Advent wreath. That is awesome, um, man. I yeah. Love that. So it, cool. and then every every night at dinner, we light light the candle. You know, every kid gets a different turn uh, and it's fun. It's cheap. Right. It's cheap. It's cheap entertainment. And the kids love it. Anytime that they get to play with a lighter, you know, they love it. And uh, I don't even have to make the wreath because my daughters love to do little crafts like that. All I had to do was cut the branches. So easy work kicking off Advent. And today in our episode, we actually have our holiday gift guide. Who knew there were so many gifts relevant to Opportunity Zones? We're going to cover that towards the end of the show. But Jimmy, to kick it off, our first headline, there was a big announcement from Caliber, right? An Opportunity Zone sponsor. And uh, they actually announced this at our recent OZ Pitch Day that we host at yep. Opportunity DB. This is one of the largest pickleball facilities in the world coming to Scottsdale, Arizona in an Opportunity Zone. This is amazing, Jimmy. I have to say, pickleball, they, they, they talk about in their press release, which I'll, I'll read an excerpt in a minute. But they talk about it being a phenomenon, and I'm like, yeah, it, it actually is a phenomenon. That is not an exaggeration, is it? No, it's not an exaggeration. Um, by the way, uh, full disclosure, I've only played pickleball twice, but I've loved it both times, and I'd never even heard of pickleball a year ago, and it seems like everybody around here at least is playing it, and I've seen on the news a bunch of times. I don't know. It seems to be very popular. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I applaud Caliber for getting into the game. It's pretty cool what they're doing. Andy, why don't you uh, read the bit about the press release and then I can say a bit more. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I'm just going to give you guys the lead paragraph here. Pure Pickleball has announced its plans to co-develop a world-class pickleball facility near Talking Stick Resort and Casino. Arizona-based entrepreneurs Kevin Burke, Brett Warner, Kent Burke and David Warner signed a joint venture agreement with Caliber, which is a publicly traded company now, to jointly develop an 11-acre site that is widely considered to be at the epicenter of the most active player community in the sport. So they're creating a qualified Opportunity Zone fund for the single purpose of investment in this business, which means that obviously accredited investors will be able to invest in this pickleball venture directly or via Caliber's diversified funds. And I think that's an interesting note, right? So you can both invest in this directly or you can get exposure to it. Caliber has some different offerings, different ways for investors to invest. But I want to read this quote from Brian Snyder, Senior Vice President of Real Estate for Caliber. Caliber has a rich history of investing in communities by developing properties and destinations that meet their growing needs. The demand for pickleball 
continues to exceed all expectations. By the way, fact check, true. I think that's true. We are very (laughs) excited to be part of this project and believe that there is strong interest in the opportunity to invest in such a promising venture. We see opportunity for growth in this concept nationwide. And yeah, I I mean, pickleball, it really is a, a phenomenon. I'm more of a tennis guy, to be honest. And in the tennis community, there's almost a little bit of uh, resentment over how popular pickleball is. I know some like outdoor courts are, are like removing tennis space to make space for pickleball. But to me, that's just proof is in the pudding that this is a, a, a growing phenomenon and a really ex- interesting project. I always like to see, you know, unique operating businesses taking advantage of the opportunity zones tax incentive, right, Jimmy? Yeah, and this is one of those types of businesses that's riding a wave of popularity. Um, I don't know if it's a fad or not. I guess time will tell. Um, I suspect it's not, though. And uh, just because of the popularity that that it has uh, been a part of for the past, better part of a year plus, I would I, I want to say um, I'm I'm displaying on the screen right now. If you're watching the live stream or the recording on on YouTube. Uh, where exactly this project is. This is the greater Phoenix area here on this map. By the way, this map is available on our website, opportunitydb.com slash map. Uh, you can see there's this very large opportunity zone here, um, just just north, of, north and east of Scottsdale. And then this little black point here in the middle is the site right next to um, Talking Stick Resort. Here's downtown Phoenix over here to the west. Um, yeah, we were, we were excited that... Uh, that caliber came to us and wanted to present this at our pitch day earlier this year. I got a call from Chris Loeffler, Caliber's CEO, and he said, "Hey Jimmy, I got something a little different. Uh, we're doing a pickleball play." He, he let me know. I think I was, I don't know if I was the first to know about it, but I was one of the first to know. And I, I, I believe when they announced it uh, at our pitch day, it was the first time they had really ever pitched it publicly. So pretty cool opportunity uh, for our investors that were at the event, and pretty cool for us as well that we got to participate in uh being the first platform that they presented it on so um yeah i wish caliber all the best of luck with their pickleball endeavor uh, personally i wish it was an ice hockey arena i think andy you wish it was a tennis court uh <laughs> development but probably pickleball is going to beat out both of those in terms of pure economics so I, can't yeah i was going to say as a potential investor lp i think i am glad it's pickleball you know i think the thing with pickleball is it's one of those games or sports that's like scalable across age like I think mm. as opposed to tennis, it might be a little bit easier to play as you get older. Um, and I, yeah, I think people have a blast with it. I actually, I, I've never tried it. I just know it's super popular from uh, playing tennis. You should tennis. get out there, man. Yeah, there. and I'm glad they were a pitch day. You know, one of the my favorite things about OZ Pitch Day is there's always such a variety of different opportunity zone funds, you know? So I think for investors, it's just this, perfect format to kind of show up. Uh, I don't want to say drink from a fire hose, but it's almost kind of like that just to kind of see what's out there, what's open right now as an LP, as an investor, which I am. So I, I love it. Like if, if Chris Loeffler ever calls you and says, Hey, I got something new and different. I'm like, ears are perked up. I'm like, that is music to my ears. But Jimmy, I want to keep it moving to our second story. This is a follow-up actually from uh, something we talked about last month, uh, a new paper, some research that was talked about at the recent Novogratic conference. So this was at siteselection.com. The story is huge opportunities begin to turn real 
and opportunity zones. Um, and this article is talking about the ROZs working what the literature tells us paper that was published in October by uh, Kenan Fickrey and Benjamin Glasner that surveys nine valuable and oft-cited studies of the OZ program. So Jimmy, from what I understand, I wasn't at Novogradic, but from what I understand, this was uh, a big point of discussion. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and Kenan Fickrey served on the that first panel at the Novogradic OZ Summit uh, about one month ago is on November 1st, a little over a month ago now. Uh, he served on the Washington Report panel, but, but you know, then it was, the panel was mostly uh, designed to discuss legislation, but Kenan was there to provide some original research from his team at the Economic Innovation Group mm. to help support Opportunity Zones for the purposes of showing Congress and showing the American people that it is working, that a lot of the research that says it's not working uh, drew their conclusions too early. Here's why it is working. Uh, to, to, just to give a little bit more support to Opportunity Zones and, and give policymakers a reason why they should extend the program. So you know, one, one quote that uh, Kenan had in this particular article that uh, drew my attention was, he said, for us, that was a surprising breadth of OZ investment already by the end of 2020. Um, but if you look at, at the data in this, in this paper and some of the graphs that they have, they, there, there's, there's one chart that shows a map of the United States. Um, I wasn't able to find it for this. Uh, maybe we can post it in the show notes afterwards, but the, the map basically showed areas of each, each state and what percentage of opportunity zones had already received investment. And pretty much every state across the country <clears throat> had received investment in more than 20% of their opportunity zones. And in fact, if you were 20 or 30%, you're on the low end. A lot of states had investment already coming into 50% or more of their opportunity zones, which I think was quite phenomenal. So um, th there, this this article itself isn't really pointing to anything new. It's, it's just a recap of the um, paper that EIG released back in October. Uh, but it was just great to see it get picked up by by yet another media outlet, this time Site Selection Magazine, just kind of uh, pumping Opportunity Zones and the great work that EIG has done and the great work that Opportunity Zones are doing for these economic uh, economic development organizations all around the country, and these communities all around the country, the economic uh, revitalization that it's bringing. Yeah, absolutely. One One other quote, Jimmy, that I wanted to bring up. Because this, I, to me, this really like hit and I was like, this is something we need to be broadcasting and rebroadcasting over and over and over. So I'm going to do it here on this program. Hmm. So from the article, Wheeler reports that while there was quote, no evidence of systematic differences in new construction between OZs and comparable areas in the four years leading up to the program that after OZs were approved, quote, I find a large and immediate effect of the tax credit on new development. My main estimate is a 2.9 percentage point or 20.5% increase in the monthly probability of new development. The effects increase over time, end quote. So, I mean, they talk about how the data has gone from like bad to decent, I think is what they say. Uh, but, but to me, like this is pretty hard data like this is pretty convincing it's a nice little factoid i think to hang your hat on when you're talking about policy like look 
this thing worked. If you look at it increases dramatically increases the probability of new development compared to this previous four years leading up to the program. For sure, Andy. And they, they shared a, um, uh, Kenan shared at one point, and I'll try to find this before we hop off here um, at the end of the hour, Andy, but they, they shared this chart that showed a divergence between OZ eligible tracts mm. and uh, OZ eligible tracts that had been made into opportunity zones versus OG, OZ eligible tracks that had not been made into opportunity zones. And the amount of new development in the tracks that had been uh, created as OZs, it was it was a pretty stark divergence just a, a year or two into the program. I'll see if I can I'll see if I can find that. If we can't find it within the hour here, I'll, I'll make sure to put it on the show notes for uh, for this episode. I'll see if I can find it for you while we discuss um, the next topic, Andy. Yeah, no, I love that. That kind of data, like the either the before and after what I'm talking about or what you're talking about. It's like the control group and the experimental group or group A and group B. I think that's just easy for legislators, voters, policymakers, really anybody to wrap their head around, right? When you like add the data to it, you can say, oh, this is what this Opportunity Zones program is actually doing in the real world, the real world effects that it has. Look at that, Andy. I found it. Okay. <laughs> I just needed you to kill some time for me for a minute. So um, I actually took this picture with my cell phone camera from the front row. So that's why it's a little bit uh, askew. But you can see in this, and this is from that Wheeler paper that you were just discussing, Andy. And this was presented by Ken and Fickery um, at the Novogratic conference on November 1st. You can see these yellow circles are OZs and the blue circles are tracts that were eligible to be designated OZs, but were not made into OZs. And you can see the, the number of new developments, ratio of tracts with new developments. You can see these, the, the divergence here starting in 2018, right after OZs were enacted uh, compared to the, the blue is more flat. The yellow is kind of sloping up and to the right, which is what you want to see, right, Andy? Yeah, that's dramatic. I mean, it's just that yeah. visual, I think is very, very powerful. So if, if that fact that I brought up, if I think that is powerful, then I, I would have to say this is even more powerful because a picture is worth a thousand words. Uh, That's what I hear. <laughs> and with that, I want to talk about, bring up our next story moving along is our upcoming masterclass over at OZ Insiders that is coming up one week from today on Monday, December 11th. But before we get to that masterclass, Jimmy, why don't we step back for anyone in our audience, anyone listening or watching this who is not yet aware of OZ Insiders. Jimmy, can you tell us what is OZ Insiders? Yeah, great. And I've got the masterclass schedule up on the screen, but OZ Insiders is our brand new private mastermind group specifically designed for high-performing Opportunity Zone professionals, executives, and investors. So if you are an attorney, if you are an accountant, if you are a fund manager, if you're a service provider, or if you're a high net worth investor or a family office and you're interested in OZs, maybe it's part of your practice. Maybe you want to invest in Opportunity Zones. Maybe you are already an Opportunity Zone investor and you're periodically or episodically investing more into Opportunity Zones. If you want to be able to network with other professionals, with other investors, with other executives within the, eco the ecosystem that is the Opportunity Zone industry, other high performers, 
to share insights, to share ideas, to glean best practices, to help us create the best practices, um, and to learn about Opportunity Zones, to take deep dives into the types of topics that we're going to be covering at our monthly online masterclasses. I think you should seriously consider giving OZ Insiders a try. Uh, we'll be talking about it a little bit more throughout the course of today's episode, but that's a little bit about OZ Insiders, Andy. Yeah. And, you know, another thing I would say about the group, I had a couple of people ask me about it and I was like, you know, you can almost think of it like a shortcut in the mm. sense that uh, we can connect you to the right people to give you a shortcut to, you know, getting to the next level with your opportunity zone strategy. But also with these master classes, I view them as a shortcut because the idea with these master classes is we're bringing in really the best opportunity zones experts in the world to teach our group private masterclasses. This is live with live Q&A. And they teach us everything we need to know about a single topic in less than an hour, right? So if you're a busy executive, if you're a, a business owner, uh, you know, like such as myself, very time limited. Uh, I love to learn, but it needs to be in these sort of bite-sized chunks where uh, I can really learn something in less than an hour and then go about my day. So we do them live to include that group discussion and Q&A as part of our live meeting. And then we also record them and then they're available on demand for viewing for our members who couldn't attend live. But today I want to talk about this next upcoming masterclass. This is with Ashley Tyson, the OZ Sherpa uh, of OZ Pro's uh, fame. And this is a masterclass on structuring opportunity zone deals. And this is one of the topics, you know, as, as I'm doing the programming for this masterclass schedule, we already have like a, a dozen or more of these already kind of penciled in and, you know, various uh, throughout the coming year. But this was one I wanted to do very early, very soon after we launched the group, because I think uh, a lot of investors and even GPs can just benefit from getting a summary of best practices. If you want to structure an OZ deal, here are all of the the different areas of knowledge and all of the different factors that you need to know about. And they're really interdisciplinary, right? So it's it's like you need to know the accounting basics. You need to know the legal basics. You know, there are investment basics, real estate basics, all of this information, um, I think, summed up in one presentation that you're going to that you are personally interviewing Ashley to guide this, right? That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about structuring opportunity zone deals. So it's pretty, pretty basic topic. Uh, but if you're, if you're new to opportunity zones, if you're a developer or an investor who wants to do their own development or start your own QOF, maybe you have the deal kind of in place, but you're not quite sure how to wrap the QOF around it. You're not sure which entity you need or what types of entity or, or how many entities Ashley's going to walk you through the very basics of it in less than an hour on uh, Monday, December 11th, the week from today, 3 p.m. Eastern time. And that's another the great thing about these uh, masterclass meetings, Andy, is that we run them like clockwork. They are, you know that they're always gonna be the second Monday of every month at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Andy, I don't know if you wanna go over any of the other ones briefly that are upcoming. Next no, I, year. Think, got I think the plan at, at OZ News Hour, probably every month we're just gonna cover you know, the next, the next upcoming masterclass, but this is a little sneak preview. So, I, you know, I do want to let our viewers know the masterclass that is coming up in January is obviously on PPMs and subscription docs. If, you, if you're watching us live right now, that will be with Andrew Daub. So I think that's another hot topic. 
And then we have one coming up in February with, I mean, Shea Hawkins, he's a true OZ insider, if I can use the term pun intended, but he's going to give us an inside look at what's going on right now with the legislation. And then later on, as we go into the spring, we're doing a masterclass on raising OZ equity. And we have many more topics planned for, you know, really the rest of the year. Um, so this is exciting stuff. These are a lot of fun for me. Um, Monday is really my favorite day of the week, Jimmy, because I'm either recording this show live with you or we're doing the master class. Uh, but moving us along, I want to talk about another class. Could we call it a class? Colloquium class? Oh, a class, sure. Uh, you and I had the opportunity to go to the University of Notre Dame and present, speak, teach at a colloquium that included undergraduate students, uh, MBA students, law students. We talked about alternative investments, private real estate, and a whole whole lot about opportunity zones. Jimmy, this was already one of my favorite days of the year, one of my favorite events of the year. How about you? Uh, yeah, this is really cool. We, we got connected to the, by the way, this is a brand new real estate institute at the University of Notre Dame, the Fitzgerald Institute for Real Estate. I think it's only, this is its second or third year in existence. And we got connected with them through a mutual connection. Um, I don't know, like earlier this year, I want to say maybe like six, seven months ago, and we, we, we did an intro call with them. And they thought what you guys are doing is so cool. And the fact that you kind of got your start here at Notre Dame, why don't you come back to campus and, and speak on alternative investments? We'd love to. And it was a great time, Andy. I, I really enjoyed uh, it was my first time teaching in that type of format in front of a live audience of, of students, undergrads, and some grad students were there as well, some law students. Um, it was a blast. Like you mentioned, Andy, um, our, our topic of conversation was really broad. It was trends in alternative investments in private real estate, a very broad topic. We had a couple of slides on opportunity zones, but then it seemed like uh, the opportunity zone section um, and that's why we're covering it in this uh, this podcast today. The Opportunity Zone section of, of our presentation was the most popular, it seemed. We got the most questions about that topic, right? Yeah, it took on a, live, uh, a life of its own. And it, Jimmy, I, I'm going to be honest. I'll be honest with everyone. It shocked me, right? Like when, because, you know, let me know if, if anyone listening or watching can identify with this. Okay, if you're watching or listening to me right now talking about Opportunity Zones, you are one of our people, right? Like you get it. You understand that Opportunity Zones, that program is one of the greatest vehicles for wealth development ever created, one of the best tax incentives ever created. So you get it. We are the Opportunity Zones tribe. When we talk about Opportunity Zones with each other, we get very excited. I know Jimmy is very excitable when you bring up Opportunity Zones with him. But then you go home you bring opportunity zones up at the dinner table with your husband or wife or kids, or you, uh, you're at happy hour with a colleague, you bring up opportunities. And it's like these other people, maybe they don't care quite as much as I do about opportunity zones. In fact, I almost get the impression that they get bored when I bring up opportunity zones. So I've kind of been conditioned to think, you know what, when I'm around our tribe, these people get it. We're all excited about this, but other, you know, normies as we would call them, uh, people not in the OZ tribe, they're not as excited. So this, this is- Hey, uh, by really the way, I got to interject for a second. I remember um, when you were a normie, Andy, and I had to work really hard to convert you 
into our tribe. And I'm glad I did because uh, <laughs> you, you, you get it now and you're awesome about it. And uh, you bring a lot of new life to this industry. So I'm glad you're well, here. I, I, think, I think you needed to lead with like the, the, the mega super Roth or whatever phrase you use that, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I, think I uh, gave him the, um, the, uh, the boring presentation because I thought you'd get it with the boring presentation. That's on me. Well, but well, anyways. Well, so glad these, you're here now. Sorry to throw you under the bus there for a second. Yeah, that's all right. No, it's fair, but that that's my exact point. So I'm conditioned to think that normies aren't that interested in opportunity zones. And in fact, Jimmy brought them up. Like it was during our presentation. We had several slides about them, but we brought up opportunity zones and like we're immediately getting questions like from several different students you know, and they're actually digging in. They want to know more about the details. And I'm like, well, this is shocking. I mean, first I'm, I'm number one, I'm pleasantly surprised that you all are awake and engaged enough to be asking us questions during a presentation. But I'm also surprised that we're talking about alternative investments, which I frankly speaking, I think is this awesome, big, sexy topic, but that the thing that the, these students is kind of neutral group of college students and MBA students and law students, the thing that they're gravitating towards is the opportunity zones that legitimately shocked me. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Actually, that's very it cool. It was. Um, and by the way, I, I, I brought up three different case studies of different opportunity zone projects that I thought would be good case studies to highlight for this particular audience. One of them was the Veterans Victory Project. Andy, you know about that one in Colorado Springs. Uh, Kim Cooley and, and Joseph Zock and their partner, Brandon Sockwell, bringing housing and a business center to our nation's veterans in Colorado Springs. So out, adding some housing in Colorado Springs, specifically set aside for, for our nation's veterans. I love that project. Um, that one's got really great impact. Another one is a... Catholic oriented project because hey we're giving a presentation at a Catholic university let's let's highlight the, uh, the the this this new Catholic project that I know about which is Monte Day which is located in Globe Arizona uh, by Tess Young and um, and Brian England and they are building some housing in Globe where some housing is needed and they're also they also have attached to this mixed use development in Globe. Um, they have a nonprofit that's going to set aside some profit from the profitable arm of the business and build some free housing for uh, retired religious clergy. So I love that project as well. I love the philanthropic endeavor that they're um, underway with in that project. And then the third one was a local one just south of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, about a mile south. Uh, my friend Kirk Walton at GPWM Funds and his firm, they are redoing an abandoned medical building. They're convert it, it had just been a blight on the community for the last 10 years, just sitting vacant, and they're converting it into student housing. Um, probably gonna be in use by a lot of those Notre Dame students or, or their friends that were in that room with us that day, Andy. So that was another example. And what we got a question, um, at least one or two questions, Andy. From the audience about hey what what kind of impact does this really have is it actually doing what's intended and and you know the way we answered that was we explained that the the south bend project in particular yeah just building more student housing but the fact of the matter is there is housing that is needed all over the country it's adding you know a hundred or so extra 
rooms to the rent roll in the area. It's going to bring in um, new property tax for the city, which can lead to other services and essentially be a catalytic investment in that community. So that's that's that was what we touched upon at uh, at the talk there, and I really enjoyed it, Andy, and loved the questions that we got. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I even welcome those questions about the policy impact of opportunity zones because, in my opinion, as proponents of the program, as representatives of the program, you know, unofficial representatives, as LP investors in the program, and also all of the GPs that we talk to on a regular basis, we need to be able to articulate the social benefits of this program, right? So it's like actually good to be challenged a little bit and then to have a good answer. And in my opinion, the most effective answer is to talk about these success stories. So Jimmy, I thought you did a fantastic job bringing up three specific examples. I think that makes it uh, easier, you know, for- Makes it real, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It makes it easier for for people to wrap their head around it. So that was a blast, uh, a tip of the cap to Notre Dame and especially to the Fire Institute for inviting Jimmy and I to speak about alts and opportunity zones. That was a blast. And speaking of tip of the cap, I want to give another tip of the cap to Revitate, which is our next news story. So they recently announced that they have broken ground on Bedrock, the new 37-acre, 344-home community in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So they have joined with Laterra Development, um, and and actually this was November 16th, so this was in the past month. They uh, did an announcement with local civic and community leaders to celebrate the groundbreaking. Uh, And this is a build-to-rent community. So there's 199 townhomes and 145 single-family homes. Jimmy, I got to say, build to rent is so huge right now. Like I've, I've heard about it more in the past 12 to 15 months than ever previously. And I keep hearing about it, you know, maybe somebody smarter than me can explain why that is, you know, it's because interest rates have gone up by so much. So I think that, I think that has a lot to do with it. All right. right? Explain, explain like I'm five years old. How does, okay. So by the way, first of all, first of all, build to rent, is it, it is multifamily or it does it, i'm sorry it doesn't have to be multifamily it's it's residential first of all mm-hmm. um and it can be multifamily or it can be single family but essentially it's it's it the term is a little bit wishy-washy in terms of what it means if you ask 10 different developers exactly what it means you might get 10 different answers but essentially it is a master planned community or a, a multifamily community um, building or set of buildings or a, a community of single family uh, homes, but instead of building them to sell, like typically you would do a master plan community or, or a community of, you know, 25 or a hundred different homes across a few different blocks of a new development, you would, you would sell those homes, right? That's the typical model. That's the old school model, the American dream you buy this new home in the suburbs. Well, a lot of these communities are now being built with a build-to-rent strategy, where okay, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna sell these homes because these people can't may not be able to afford to buy the homes right now, especially with interest rates as high as they are and mortgage rates as high as they are. 
it's just so much less affordable to own a home now than it was even just 12 to 18 months ago. Right. Instead, let's build these, let's build them to rent and then we can rent the homes out. And then, you know, some of them even have some sort of program where um, the, the, the rental can turn into the lease payments can turn into mortgage payments down the road. And, and there is a path for for the for the renters to sometimes get some equity in the homes as well. That's not I don't know if that's the case here or not. Um, but that's that's my understanding of build to rent. And I think that's the reason why it's become so much more popular in the last year, Andy, is because homeownership has become less and less affordable over time, particularly compared to renting. You see more people continuing to rent uh, later into their 20s when it would typically be a, a good time to buy. Um, so this is for first time home buyers in particular who want to start a family and maybe they may not be as transient as a, as someone in their younger 20s single who might pop from apartment to apartment every year or two these types of homes are meant to be rented for the long term for five or ten years or more um, so they can get into those good schools they can have a stable place to live they can have they, they can live there for a really long time but but they're essentially renting as opposed to um owning the home just because it's so much more affordable. Yeah. And I can see how that would be a, a great value proposition for a property developer uh, or for an investor in the sense that you don't have these, you know, uh, 145 single family homes or, or 200 townhomes or whatever to sell in a market like this. That's going to be very, very risky. How long am I going to be carrying these uh, on my balance sheet sitting unsold? Whereas if you have a high quality rental, whether it's uh SFR or townhome or whatever it is in an area with good demographics, you're not going to have any trouble leasing up, you know, most of those units relatively quickly, right? Because there's such a demand for housing units in most of right. the places where these are being built. I have a quote here from Alex Bethal, who's Revitate's co-founder. So Jimmy and I, we, we both are acquainted with Revitate family office and sponsor. They work in the opportunity zone space, also some other uh, different sectors outside of OZs, but this is an OZ project. And so Alex is quoted here. We could not be more excited about the bedrock at the trails community. The, the project responds to one of Albuquerque's most pressing needs, new housing, while also offering potential for attractive returns to our opportunity zone investors. So, I mean, great quote, uh, kind of a standard quote, but a great quote. And just, it's brings up the fact that this project, you know, the, or excuse me, this program, OZs, it offers attractive returns for investors, but in many, many places, it has also helped to address our housing shortage across all these different MSAs. I don't know too much about the situation in Albuquerque, but I mean, I, I know it's um, been a little bit of a boomtown, you know, like a lot of places in the Southwest. So no You need more housing, Andy. That's the situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Tip of the cat to Revitate for breaking ground on that project. And Jimmy, I think that brings us to our last story of the day, which is original editorial content from us, our 2023 OZ holiday gift guide, right? So if you are shopping for that special opportunity zone, someone in your life, and you'd like to gift them something this holiday season uh, around the theme of Opportunity Zones, we have our top five 
five picks that we think the all five of these honestly are winners, Jimmy. I, I I can say I would genuinely be happy to get any of these five items as a gift. Now I will say that, that, that we have a mix of different uh, budgets and and price ranges in this gift guide. So if you hear of one of these, you're like, well, that's pretty steep. You know, just just hang out and hold on. We're gonna get through some some different <laughs> price points. So we, I think we have a gift to literally fit uh, any budget. So Jimmy, and this is where we'd normally give our disclosure about how we're an affiliate and we're earning revenue off of all these links, but we're actually not, <laughs> we're actually not earning any well, revenue. One of them we, we own, one of them we literally own. One of them, own, we, one of them the other, we own, that's a good point. <laughs> we will, we'll disclose that one when we get to it. Why don't we start yeah. off though? Andy, where's we, your Santa hat? Oh, I, sorry, I don't have one. All right, next year, next oh, year. By the way, oh, I have you. one on the graphic. So if anybody found us through the LinkedIn that's graphic true. or the YouTube, they're like, Andy, you were wearing a Santa hat on the graphic. Why aren't you wearing a Santa hat right now? So sorry, guys, you just found out that uh, our graphics designer, you know, he he misled you, right? He, into thinking that I have a Santa hat when I when I do not. It's on my list. Maybe that's bonus item number six, Jimmy. You can gift me a Santa hat. But why don't we start uh, holiday gift guide pick number one. It's a book, right? And who doesn't love getting a book? For Christmas, the guide to making opportunity zones work. I I have to say, Jimmy, um, I love physical books. Like, there's nothing wrong with uh, a Kindle, especially if I'm on a flight. I like having my Kindle with me. But um, as you can see behind me, I got I actually you can't even see the bookshelves above my head that aren't in frame. I own a ton of books. I love having them in my shelf. I love having a reference. Huge bookworm. Library. Now this among the opportunity zone books that have been published, uh, this is one of your favorites. Is that right? It is. It's uh I think I own a copy of every opportunity zone book ever published. I also have this uh Novogradic uh Opportunity Zones magazine here from uh uh that's from a it's from three years ago, I guess actually. But th this one's great. This one was written by Steve Glickman and Ira Weinstein. Steve Glickman, if you don't know, he he was the founder of EIG. He essentially was one of the very few people that made Opportunity Zones into reality. He helped get the ball across the finish line back in 2017 um, when, when Opportunity Zones was first introduced into Congress. This is a great book. It's got a chapter for, um, for, for different types of stakeholders. It's got a chapter for OZ investors, for OZ fund managers for OZ developers, for OZ businesses, and for OZ community leaders. So uh, I've read it cover to cover. I had Steve and Ira on my podcast a couple years ago when this first came out. It's a it's a great handbook. It's not too long. It's 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 less than 100 pages, but it's packed full of a ton of information. And again, there's there's a chapter in here for for every type of OZ stakeholder just about. So highly recommend that one, Andy. I love books that are a hundred pages long or like about a yeah. hundred pages, you know, it's, it's, Who wants like, to read more in peace, you know? Well, sometimes I do, you know, or, or sometimes I'll need a, a but not, if you, not if you want to do some opportunities on stuff. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you need that in-depth reference, like that encyclopedia like reference, you know, on the bookshelf that you might need to refer to from time to time. But I love just being able to sit down and read about a topic for an hour or two and really get the gist of it. So I think this book is, uh, you know, the perfect title to do just that. And it's available in physical form, which for me, again, I love buying physical books. I don't, maybe I'm alone in that, but, um, you can pry my physical books 
out of my cold, dead hands, right? Nothing against the Kindle. I'm just saying, which brings me to the second gift, the second pick on our gift guide, which is Novogratz's introduction to opportunity zones. And this one I don't have. I got to get this one. Yeah. What are you, a cheapskate here? It's not very expensive. Jimmy. We, we, we got to buy this right now. We, we might check out as soon as we're off the air. I think, I, I think we need to add to cart, but this it's $25 just for the physical copy or for $30, you get the premium edition where a physical copy will be mailed to you. And, uh, you also get a digital copy. Um, and Novogratic, I think they have some of the the very, very, very top shelf best content in the OZ world. Um, the fact that they have this second edition of their guide available for, for $30, I think it's a, a no-brainer. So <laughs> honestly, if you're not gifting this to someone else, I'd also recommend purchasing it yourself. Jimmy, if, if you don't buy this by the end of the day, Maybe I'll gift it to you. This will be my Christmas yeah. You can you can self gift any of these. That's the beauty of this. By the way, here's the table of contents, Andy, for that Novogratz guide. So brief history, what the tax benefits are. Chapter three, just simply titled Opportunity Zones. That's pretty straightforward. QOFs, QOZP, and then uh, how it works with other incentives also. So um, this one's a quick hitter. Also, this looks like it's probably going to come in under forty pages. Just a pretty brief little uh, guide. If I, if I uh, do say so myself. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's from Novogratz. So to me, Novogratz, so you know, it's going to be good. Yeah. If you're, if you consider yourself an opportunity zone guy or opportunity zone gal, this is probably a must have book to include in your opportunity zones library, um, such as yours. Just wait for somebody to give that to me. Exactly. Now, moving on to the next gift in our pick number three in our holiday gift guide for 2023 membership to OZ insiders. So this is the private mastermind group that we were talking about earlier in today's episode that Jimmy and I have started. Um, it's not inexpensive, right? It's, it, it does cost $299 a month to join, but we think that the value is there. Actually, we think the value is more than there, um, considering all that you get, with your membership, but it, it's definitely something that you can try out. If you just want to try it out for a month, uh, I think this would be a great thing to give to yourself. Or if you want to, you know, be very generous and gift someone else, uh, an annual membership, by all means, get in touch with us. We're happy to work with you. Um, Jimmy, I got to say OZ insiders, since we launched this group for me, it's just been a whole lot of fun just to, um, you know, talk with people who get it, you know, kind of, kind of back to the Notre Dame, talk that we give. It's always kind of surprising to be around people who, who get it. Um, and this is a group of individuals who are all focused on getting to the next level with opportunity zones. So it's just great that we all have that in common inside the group. It is. Yeah. And uh, I've been getting a lot of questions about, we've been sending a lot of emails about OZ Insiders. We just launched it one week ago. Last week was our big launch week. And I, I heard from a lot of people in my network asking me, hey, what is this? Should I join? Is it right for me? Is it not right for me? What's included? Um, so what is included is our uh, once monthly masterclasses, which we talked about already. You also get on-demand access to any of our past masterclasses. So we've already run one. We're running another one next week. We record all of them. If you ever miss one, 
or maybe you join a month or two from now and you want to see the ones we already did, boom, log in, they're right there, immediately available. Um, we also have a private chat group with all of our members. And we've got over 30 members now, Andy, who have joined us um, in the past couple of weeks. And so a lot of them are in that private Slack group and it was blowing up last Friday, if I recall correctly, there was a lot of chatter in there. And um, it's it's a great way just to kind of stay in touch between those monthly master classes and meetings. Uh, we're also gonna do at least two in-person events next year. We're planning on a OZ Insiders dinner in Dallas, Texas in March. And then we're gonna do some sort of dinner in Chicago in late spring or early summer. And then we'll probably end up doing a third one, maybe a fourth one in 2024, but haven't firmed up those details just yet. And those are those will only be available for our OZ Insiders members. Um, and then just the, really a lot of the power of OZ Insiders is within the community, who is in it and the network there, the network of accounting and legal experts, of developers, of fund managers, and of uh, high net worth investors and family offices. Uh, Andy, I don't know if I missed anything there. No, I, I think you covered it. And, you know, again, I think if you uh, want to give a generous gift, OZ Insiders membership would be a great pick, but it's also something that can be your Christmas present to yourself. I think that's a very valid choice. I want to move on though, Jimmy, as much as I love talking about OZ Insiders, I want to shift gears to pick number four. Right. Absolutely. Because as you're talking about how we're, you know, OZ Insiders, we're going to be hosting a dinner in Dallas and then another one in Chicago. You were recently at the Novogratic conference. A lot of us in the Opportunity Zones world, we are travelers, right? We are going all over the country. We're flying, we're driving. We were actually just talking to an OZ Insiders member earlier today, right? He's driving around looking at different properties he's talking to us, you know, while he's driving around. So I have to say, Jimmy, you know me, I love my shoes, right? Uh, I love uh, loafers, bit loafers, penny loafers. I have nice boots. I like Alden shoes. Like I like high-end traditional men's shoes, but, 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 when I'm flying, when I'm traveling, comfort is the name of the game, right? And so anytime I'm flying to an OZ conference or investor meetup or OZ insiders meetup, you better believe I'm rocking my new balance shoes, right? Because comfort is king. And if I'm going to be sitting on a two or three or four hour flight or walking around an airport, I want to be comfortable. New balance, they are an exception. They still make some of their shoes in the good old USA. That's getting increasingly rare, isn't it, Jimmy? It is. It is. So the, that's the, why these that's why these pair of sneakers cost two hundred bucks, I think, Andy. But well, that's, hey, that's, they're made in the USA and they're built well, right? Uh, yeah, and I want to caveat this: you get what you pay for. So this is the the New Balance Made in USA nine nine three model. I mean, I think it has a great classic style. They're very very comfortable. Uh, I also think they look good. But yeah, they're two hundred bucks, right? So they're really they're pretty pricey. This is only if you want to splurge. Uh, I also want to point out New Balance has a lot of other great models. Uh, you know, not made in the USA, still very comfortable, great travel shoes, uh, that I would also recommend. But if you really want to splurge, you know, get the 993, it's going to last you. Oh, this is the heritage collection, Andy. Oh, is it? Look at that. Oh yeah. I, I just love the color. You just can't beat, uh, like a light gray suede sneaker. 
This has our official. Pairs well with jeans. Exactly. So this sneaker has our official stamp of approval at OZ News Hour, especially for all of you jet setters who are traveling to OZ, different OZ projects, conferences, and meetups. Bringing me to our last gift, our final pick for the 2023 OZ Holiday Gift Guide. Jimmy, this is something that you turned me on to. The Briggs and Riley carry-on expandable spinner, right? This is their best-selling carry-on luggage. And this was before we went to a conference in Miami. I think I was asking, I was like, you know what? We're going to all these shows, all these different conferences, opportunity zones, private equity. I need I need to upgrade my luggage game, right? Because I'm using this old beater. And you recommended Briggs and Riley. I'm like, man, that's that's pretty pricey. Do I really want to spend this amount of money on a carry-on? I just kind of um, took the leap, right? I was like, okay, well, you're, you're telling me it's worth it. So I bought it. And then literally the first trip, we went to Miami. Like this thing is awesome. <laughs> it was totally worth the money. I couldn't believe uh, how easy it was to pack and just uh, a lot of the different features, literally just uh, toting it around the airport so much lighter and more comfortable uh, just the way it moves. Um, and makes then, traveling fun again, right, Andy? Yeah, it, it, exactly. I mean, my philosophy is is life is just too short, right? I don't want to be miserable when I'm flying and, and when I'm traveling. So I splurged. Um, this so this is the 22 inch carry on. Uh, it does have like this fold out uh, garment section, so I was able to fit a sport coat, a blazer in there with some Oxford cloth button down shirts. Uh, but I have to say there's another model that now I'm interested in, Jimmy, which is it's a garment bag, but in the carry-on size. So this yep. is a 22-inch carry-on two-wheel garment bag. And man, it, it, you know, I can hardly believe that I even uh, bought the first piece of luggage, but I have to admit I'm strongly considering getting this one as well. I just I just love that there's that extra space for the sport blazer for the shirts, just sort of a extra insurance against uh, any wrinkling, right? Because I don't really like having to steam at all when I arrive at my destination. Do you? Well, sometimes you don't have time, right? That's right. Yes, you're, you're right. Sometimes you just need to do a quick little change and head right to the event. So uh, Briggs and Riley, they're not a sponsor of this program. By the way, guys, if you do want to sponsor the program, please get in touch. But they're not a sponsor. This is just our honest recommendation. They have our full confidence, full stamp of approval here at the show. Jimmy, we're almost out of time. I think that wraps up our gift guide. Yeah, I, I just want to say you can spend more money, right, on on luggage. This is this is high-end, but not super high-end. I think you could spend a lot more money if you wanted to get like a Tumi or something like that. But uh, this was, this is pretty darn good, this one. I've got the blue one, and I love it. Go on, Andy. Sorry oh, to interrupt. You have blue? I didn't even know there was a blue Yeah, one. I got the blue one. Oh, I should have gotten, well, you know what? I got olive. I, I think I stand by my, my choice, but the, the blue looks shy. Anything but black. I just, everybody has black, you know, I don't want black luggage. I want something a little different. Uh, no offense to any listeners who have black luggage. You know, I just like to, I like to get a little variety so that my bag is easier to recognize when it's on the conveyor belt. Although with a carry on, you don't need to necessarily worry about that. We're almost out of time. Uh, now it's time for Jimmy's pick. Andy's pick. Jimmy, let's start with yours. What piece of content, what uh, podcast, article, webinar, et cetera, 
do you want to bring everyone's attention to with your pick? I'm going to call an audible, Andy, because I actually want to go to the comments for one minute because okay. we did get a comment from one of our live viewers. Uh, it's in two parts, so bear with me, Andy. And then I am going to get to my pick okay. of the month. Um, this one's from Janeskis, uh, Jasneskis. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I am not an OZ insider. Don't need to become one. I, I, but I do need to invest in OZ funds periodically. I only need access to OZ. I think he or she means OZ funds and then goes on. Will you still be giving access to QOZ investments so your members can present to investors? So this is a great question. The answer is yes. We have hosted three OZ pitch days a year in the past, and we're going to continue to host OZ pitch days throughout 2024 and into the foreseeable future. Those are free to attend. If you are an investor, you have capital gains and you're looking for some quality deals and funds to put your gains to work into, please sign up for OZ Pitch Day. You can always learn more. You can watch the previous pitch days at ozpitchday.com. You can register at ozpitchday.com for the upcoming one. Our next one's coming up March 7th, 2024. We're going to open registration in January. And then that commenter just did chime in, says, I've seen them all. So that's great. I'm glad you've seen them all. We're going to continue to do those. Those are not going away. Uh, OZ Insiders is meant for people who want to go deeper, learn more, and network with other investors. Um, but definitely, you don't need to join if you just want to come and watch the OZ pitch days. That's perfectly fine. Andy, I don't think, do you have anything else to add or should we go into our picks? No, I want to hear your pick. What's our pick? Okay. So my pick is Urban Catalyst. We did a, they're, they're our biggest sponsor, by the way. We love them. Um, we do a lot of marketing with them every year. Uh, we did something new that we had never done with them before, which was we hosted a super webinar with them last week, Andy, where they presented for an hour, just them. I interviewed their CEO, Eric Hayden, for the first 15 minutes of the call. And then he went into a big presentation on on two of their offerings, they have a QOZ fund two that they're raising for. And by the way, he had some news about that one. He touched on it at OZ Pitch Day last month, but he reiterated during the super webinar last week that their office component of their OZ fund is officially now being converted into multifamily. The office market just never came back as strongly as they wanted to see in San Jose and they didn't wanna wait it out any longer. So rather than wait it out, they're going to spend some time converting that into multifamily. You, you got it your way, millennials. You got what you wanted. So exactly, exactly. Thank you. Um, and then uh, he presented uh, their their brand new non opportunity zone multifamily equity project, uh, which is building a multifamily building called the Aquino in downtown San Jose. And they've structured that one in a really interesting way. It's not an opportunity zone. It's not an OZ deal, but they've structured it in a way that they can accept qualified retirement plan funds, Andy. So if you have a self-directed IRA, you can invest your IRA dollars with them. And at some point when the value of the building during construction dips, when the fair market value dips below your original basis, they advise you that you could potentially do an IRA conversion to a Roth IRA. I should say a Roth IRA conversion at that point um, at a lower valuation, which should help your tax bill. It's not for every investor. And they encourage you, please, please, please talk to your CPA before doing this. 
but for the right investor who has enough funds in an IRA and is considering a Roth conversion, it's a great, potentially great vehicle to do it in. Uh, but as always, consult with your advisor before making any investment decisions or, or doing anything um, tax-wise, consult with your CPA, please. So anyways, I, I learned a bunch of new stuff from Urban Catalyst on that one. I thank them and Eric for joining me last week on that super webinar. Andy, what's your pick of the month this this month? Well, by the way, I enjoyed that webinar as well. And tip of the cap to Urban Catalyst for just being so creative with their high quality <laughs> offerings in the, you know, the realm of tax advantaged investing. My pick this month is an article that you wrote, Jimmy. And I'm not just trying to massage your ego. The article was published on November 21st. The title is New House Bill Would Extend and Improve Opportunity Zones. And here's the deal, Jimmy. This article didn't break any news, right? There's not really new information here for people who are really deep into the OZ issue. But I thought you just did an excellent job of summarizing what's going on right now with the OZ legislation, what's in the bill in a very di digestible easy to understand way that just anybody could read and kind of understand it very, very quickly. So Jimmy, nice job writing this article. Well, thank you, Andy. Uh, let's see if I can get it up on the screen. There it is. Thank I'll you very sure, much. I'll be sure to link to that in our show notes as well. So by the way, all of the links from all of the news stories that we discussed will be included in our show notes, which are always available at opportunitydb.com. And with that, that's it for today's show. We will be back in about a month with our next edition. Thank you for watching and listening. And Jimmy, thank you for joining me today. This was a lot of fun. Andy, this was a lot of fun. As always, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all of our viewers out there. And we will see you in the new year in 2024. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. We're talking about opportunity zones. We're talking about opportunity zones.